Hello and welcome into this emergency episode of the Rookie Stripes podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen, that's Tyler Guthrie, and we have called a meeting of the minds for an emergency episode because we possibly just witnessed the dumbest, stupidest, most embarrassing race in the history of NASCAR. If you didn't see the truck race, it's, it's going to be last night by the time we put this out. If you didn't see the truck race last night, count yourself lucky. I lost brain cells watching this race. This I have never been so pissed off at how a race went in my life. NASCAR, is this what you wanted from the playoffs? Because this isn't what we want. This is not what the fans want. I guess I can't speak for all fans. But this isn't what I want. I don't think this is what you want. I have not seen anyone on social media saying this is what they want. This was an embarrassment to the sport. And this is exactly what the playoffs breed. Unfortunately, NASCAR publicly said earlier, well, yesterday now, that basically, yes, this is exactly what they want. I can't anymore. I just On top can't. of it all, we had to listen to Jamie Little the entire time. Yeah, and that was that's a whole other rant in itself, but I'm not and getting Daniel into that. Daniel Dye crashed like, I don't know, an hour before the race ended, so <laughs> Michael Waltrip was just gone for the rest of the night. Oh, I know. <laughs> Got to have his favorite driver out there. Yeah. That was I, uh, I don't even think I have words to describe how stupid that all was. I don't either. Just just to sum it up, I just well, well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's start from the beginning. We'll start from the beginning, work through all the stupidity, and get to the end of the race. To start things off, this should have been Corey Himes' championship. Had the fastest car, easily should have won this race. Nice milk and a Coke, Coke glass. That's what kind of night we're having because of this race. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised I haven't broke out the hard liquor yet. Um, Don't worry, that's coming next. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, this should have been Corey Himes' championship. And I should have been asleep three hours ago. Yeah. Corey Heim won, honestly, had the best season of anybody in the truck series. He was the most deserving driver coming into this race, in my mind, coming into this race, for the championship, has had the best season, should have been the champion. Definitely out of the final four. Yes, absolutely out of the final four. Not even not even a question of that. And had the fastest car tonight. Literally could have won this race. Was probably the only one of the championship four that had the speed to win the race. Then he got put behind on pit strategy and had to race his way back through the field. Enfinger and Rhodes were also back deep in the field at this point. I think they were also on the same pit strategy. Hosevar, though, was near the front on older tires. Hosevar makes a couple of what I thought were fairly big blocks, especially for that point in the race. I know you're racing for the championship, but they were pretty big blocks coming through the front stretch, coming through the dogleg on the front stretch. And I'm sitting here watching this go, huh? Yeah, the the front front stretch. stretch. Quotes. Um, I hate Phoenix. I still hate. Yeah. I, I hate Phoenix even more than I did last week when we recorded. Same. Them. 
So they come through the dog leg. Kosovar makes a couple of big blocks here. And I'm sitting here like, he's being a little aggressive here. Like a little, like almost too aggressive. Yeah. So Corey gets around him cleanly. Kosovar goes down into the next corner, gives him a shot, like, like a bump and run kind of deal. Doesn't move him up the track enough. Heim stays in front of him. Goes down into the next corner, gives him a bigger shot, and turns him. And when he turns him, he gets into Stuart Friesen, crushes in the right rear, kills the side force on the car. There went all the speed out of the 11 truck. Now, I will give Osvar this much of the benefit of the doubt there, because he didn't mean to do it, and he hadn't been running that line almost the entire race. So... I, understandably, he goes to a line that he's not familiar with and doesn't have as much grip as he thought it did because, you know, we race on the apron at Phoenix for whatever retarded reason. Yeah. But fact is, he's still turned him. I mean, yeah. you're, you're not going to get away from that. Yeah. But, yeah, I give him about that much credit because at the same time, still a dumb move. I, I do like that he felt bad for it, and you could see he immediately felt bad for it. He was beating himself up in the car for that, or in the truck for that. And I give him the slightest bit of credit for that, but at the same time, still a dumb mistake that someone racing for a championship shouldn't be making. I don't care what level you're at. If you're racing for that championship, if, if you're high enough on the NASCAR ladder that you are in a playoff format and you're in the championship four, you should have enough racing IQ to not do that to someone that you're racing for the championship. Or if you do it, it should be intentional. Yeah. Like it, it, it can't be an accident. Like you can't have that little racing IQ that you accidentally do that racing for a championship. And if you are going to do it, do it intentionally. Make sure you take them out of the race. so They can't delete you later in the race. And don't do what Hosvar did on the immediate restart and go from like second to 19th in two mm -hmm. laps. Well, and I think that comes down to, he was beating himself up so much. He lost his concentration and just was not focused on that restart, which, and that's the other thing too. When you do do something like that, you've got to be able to put it out of your mind and you've got to be able to refocus and get back to the task at hand. And I don't think Hosovar did that. No, and that clearly. <laughs> ultimately was his undoing. Because he ended up... He didn't end up wrecking in the interim there, did he? He just came down and pitted when he got that far back in the field, right? Uh, No, well... If he did, I don't remember him wrecking. Not when he was until Heim right, got right, back right, up right, to right. him. Yes. But yeah. we're getting so there. So he, he came down, got tires, and was coming back through the field. Well, Heim had already gotten tires when Hosovar wrecked him. So Heim has cruised his way back up through the field. He got up to like sixth until the side force issue really made a problem. And that's about where he stalled out, which unfortunately at that point, Rhodes and Infinger were third and fourth. So Corey didn't quite make it back up to them. And then he started falling back through the field again once the side force issue really became an issue. Hosovar, in the meantime, is coming up through the field on the fresh tires, and they get together. Corey, to his credit, did not admit that he did this on purpose, but, and, wow. and I'm not going to pass judgment one way or another here, but he slides up in the corner, makes contact with Hosovar, 
coincidentally it's Hosevar, and they both end up in the wall. That ends up being enough damage that it ends Hosevar's night. Conveniently, the fastest car on the track just loses three spots in one corner and takes out the guy that took him out 20 last of four. Hmm. Like I said, I'm not passing judgment here, but it is interesting that it was coincidentally (laughs) Hosevar that he ran into for this. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Corey, though, this was not the end of his race. He ended up staying out there logging laps, never really made any spots after this. I think the damage was so much that he wouldn't have been able to even if he had tried to make up spots after this. He kind of rode around it back there in the back, I think, hoping that Infinger and Rhodes would wreck each other, which almost was a possibility with yeah, the way this race did went. happen. So we get down to the end. Infinger ends up having contact with Jesse Love, which gives him damage. He has to come down and get fresh tires come from the back. Rhodes is the only one left at the front at this point. The, in my mind, the least deserving of the championship four is the one in the prime position to win the championship at the end of the race through all the stupidity that has happened in this race. The guy that has won, what, one race this season and has not had anywhere near a championship level season. But he's the one when we get inside like 10 laps to go, he's the only one in the top 15. How? How does this format promote this? Well, I mean, we know exactly how. Yeah, I, I know. But it, it baffles me that it does. So we get down into the final laps of the race. And we well, continue to have wreck after wreck after wreck. What do we go? Four, five overtimes? Four. Four. Four overtimes. Should have had five. Yeah. Including one where... Rhodes completely just runs into the back of Zane Smith on the restart because Zane Smith missed a gear coming up through the gears on the start. Zane Smith was leading, and Rhodes just turns him. And that's the end of Zane Smith's night, the end of his career at front row in the truck. Ben Rhodes has a crushed-in nose at this point, yet is still out there running second, third, whatever the hell he was running at this point. Infinger is slowly making it up through the field, but not quite quick enough. They come down to what ended up being the last overtime. Oh, you, left out, you left out the part where Infinger almost ran out of gas and had the pit towards the end of the race. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I must have missed that. Yeah, because he and Rhodes were running together like third, fourth, or whatever, and then they kept having all those restarts with the overtimes and... And Finger had to come and pit because he was running out of gas. Are you sure? Infinger yes. was coming from the back because he had gotten tires. He wasn't up in the front on any of the overtimes. Right, because they went into the overtime and he had to go get gas. That was before the overtimes. He pitted because he got damage from the contact with Jesse Love and he had a tire rub. No. Yes. He was also running out of gas. He might have been. I might have missed that part, but he definitely pitted because he had a tire rub and needed fresh tires from the contact with Jesse Love. That was the one commentary that I actually paid attention to (laughs) the entire hour and a half. Fair enough. So they get down to what ended up being the final overtime. I believe it was, was it Tyler Ankrum that blew a tire through three and four coming to the white flag? Ends up in the wall. They don't throw a caution. And just let the race play out after they've been so quick on the button all night. And they've they've been so quick on the button all the time for stupid that shouldn't have been cautions. They let this one play out. 
Enfinger almost gets there. He got to the bumper of Ben Rhodes in three and four and couldn't finish it off. And Ben Rhodes, of all people, is now a two-time Truck Series champion. The least deserving of the championship four. The guy that won one race this season and really probably shouldn't have made the championship four in the first place with the kind of season that he's had. Somehow, through the stupidity that is Phoenix, wins a second championship. What the f*** did I just watch? This is quite literally the nightmare scenario that I outlined last week where all you had to do in this format is win one race in the regular season, not give a damn for the rest of the season, get to the playoffs, and get top tens, top five here and there, and fail your way into the championship four, and then hope everybody else wrecks, which is quite literally what happened, because the two trucks that actually should have had a shot at the race win and the championship both decided to wreck each other twice. Mm -hmm. And see... Ben even had mechanical issues at the end of the race. On top of his crushed-in nose from running into Zane Smith, he couldn't hardly get into fourth gear on restarts. He was wow. having trouble going from third to fourth, and he'd have to do it two or three times to get into fourth. And somehow, even not even being able to get into fourth gear on restarts wins the championship. Yeah, he, he's the one of, that has shifting issues, and then Zane Smith misses a shift, and yeah, okay. What kind of, what kind of backwards, bizarro, Twilight World, Twilight, what was it, Twilight, Twilight Zone, I Twilight no Zone world are we living in? That, I have no idea where you're going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to describe how f***ed up this is. Like, uh, NASCAR, the, that, that's how you describe it. Modern NASCAR. Yeah, modern day NASCAR. This is why I'm having so much fun watching NASCAR classics right now. Also, just because we're coming up to the topic of modern NASCAR, have you seen the Mustang that they're having in Cup next year? Mm -hmm. Holy Jesus, that thing has to be illegal somewhere. It wouldn't surprise me. It, I, I don't think it is, but I also think that there's no way you should be able to have the front fenders that they have on that thing. Probably not, unless they're going to let Chevy and Toyota have similar fenders. Well, good luck, Chevy. They don't have a car to fall back on now, so. Yeah. So that is, that's the Truck Series race from tonight in a nutshell. And honestly, I, I really do believe this was the most embarrassing race in the history of NASCAR. If I'm a new fan and I watch this, my literal reaction is, what the f*** kind of a show sport is this why would i want to watch this well if you were even watching it because it didn't end until about one in the morning eastern well yeah it didn't end until one one eastern didn't start till 10 eastern so i mean i know we were joking about this on this past week's episode that this was a really stupid start time but to be honest this might have been the right decision to have the fewest amount of people watch this show yeah, well, it worked out in the end, but yeah. I mean, it with all the problems we've had with the Truck Series this season, I, I was willing to look over most of it and let it be mediocre again next year if we just had a somewhat halfway respectable championship race 
and instead we get this absolute moronic show that mm-hmm. literally shows every problem at every level of NASCAR to a T. You, I couldn't even come up with a nightmare scenario that was worse than this at, it, at all. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting to watch. Like, that's not racing. That's a demolition derby is what that was. That's I would not... rather watch this on Bristol Dirt than Phoenix. Honestly, Bristol Dirt might have been a better championship race than this. It was like, a better race. <laughs> so, But here's the thing. I, I don't know that this would have been any better anywhere else. Because I don't know that in this specific case, Phoenix is the problem. I think the playoffs... And what the playoffs breeds is the problem because we saw this la- this almost the exact same thing last week in Xfinity at Martinsville. This isn't just confined to Phoenix. This is a inherent playoffs problem, and we are going to continue getting stupidity like this every single f- year until the playoffs goes away. Now I know I'm biased against Phoenix, but I feel obligated to say that. I feel like it wouldn't have been quite as stupid if they weren't able to go 12 wide on restarts. That did contribute to a lot of the stupidity. That that contributed to at least a couple of the overtimes. So I, I can't remember exactly what the reason was for every single overtime, but I remember at least a couple that it was because they were fanned out 12 wide. At least two of the four were because of Rex going into one and two, mm-hmm. which that wouldn't have happened if you just put some grass down there. And right, you know. and I, I, I don't, I don't understand why we're, why do we have an apron at a track to begin with? When, because the apron is inherently at a racetrack is not meant to be a racing surface. No, but yet. We literally, all night, Matt Crafton was literally down at the wall on the inside of turn one and two. Every lap, all night. That's not meant to be racing surface, but yet we've made it racing surface because they took away all the grass at Phoenix, and it's just become stupid. I think I said the same argument last week, but I think it's ridiculous that NASCAR has their rules so f***ed up that at Daytona and Talladega, you can't go below a painted yellow line on the back straight or anywhere else on the track for that re- for that matter. And then Phoenix, you see Matt Crafton going against the wall down there, and they're sharing it on every social media platform. Be like, look how cool this is. Look at mm-hmm. what we're doing. Like, dude, I mean, this is the same as if you went and watched F1 race at Texas, and they just took the S's in Sector 1 just straight. Mm-hmm. At that literally exactly what's happening here you know what's funny as i'm watching back through nascar classics they actually used to do that at riverside like legitimately there was a running joke that i've I've heard this in an interview before i don't remember who they were talking to but i don't know if you've ever seen the track layout of riverside what riverside Mm -hmm. used to be so literally it wasn't much of a road course it literally you came down through like a 90-degree right-hander, and then you had, like, a series of three S's, another right-hander, another right-hander, a long straightaway where they got up to, like, 180, a left-hander, a right-hander, and then back into turn one, the right-hander. That was the track. Oh, dude, I would pay for that to be in the playoffs right now. Right. So, (laughs) 
But the thing is, the running joke was they would literally straight line the S's sometimes, or at least one of the S's, because you could literally see tire tracks where guys just drove straight through the grass in one of the S's. And I do remember hearing an interview once where somebody asked, uh, I don't remember who it was, but they asked him, um, what's the best way to get through the S's with the most speed? I think it was Earnhardt they asked. That and sounds he goes, like something Earnhardt yeah. would say. And he goes, what do you mean the S's? You mean that straight away with the dirt in the middle of it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not unprecedented. No, but on an oval, though, come on. We, we shouldn't be doing that. No, we absolutely and I, I've not. been saying that, like, I don't know, however long ago they reconfigured Phoenix. I said, this is stupid. And mm-hmm. then they let him go down there. I'm like, this is stupid. And I have the same gripe with every other form of motorsport that has these ridiculous runoff areas. It is stupid. If you care about the integrity of racing and the safety of the drivers to that point, put the grass back, put the gravel back. If you go off the track and get stuck in the gravel, guess you shouldn't have done it, buddy. I think their argument with putting the grass back in is that actually wouldn't that would actually be worse for the safety of the drivers because if you wreck down in there it's easier to flip. Stuart Charlotte did with the AstroTurf. I don't think that helps the safety, that just helps with lawn care. Yeah. Chris I mean, Butcher I figured your, out. I get your point, and I think that actually is a good idea. Everywhere that does have grass should just put in the AstroTurf because it, it probably would be probably a cheaper option in the long term and would help with the lawn care. I don't think it would help with the safety aspect, though. Yeah, probably not. But, you know, I just I, I hate having these giant sections of concrete. It looks like modern suburbia hell on a racetrack and. It's just dumb. And then we get shit like this where they're going 12 to 15 wide going down into the corner. And then they wrecked 17 times in the last three laps of the race. And wow, who saw that coming? No way. Yeah, right. I don't know. And like I said, I don't know that tonight was necessarily because they were at Phoenix. A lot of the issues were specific to Phoenix, but at the same time... I think we would have seen this kind of stupidity no matter where the championship race was because this is just what the playoffs are promoting. Oh, yeah. This is like fundamental problems at the playoffs that are just enhanced by the fact that we were at Phoenix and allowed all the other problems to happen in the first place. Now, I will say I'm not usually a fan of penalties for drivers getting in wrecks, especially since NASCAR tries to do the everybody figure it out on your own kind of bullshit. I will say Corey Heim deserves a suspension for this. I disagree, but why? Give give me a reason why you think he deserves a suspension. This is precedented in NASCAR both in the past and recently. We've seen it even this season with Chase Elliott. He clearly retaliated on track, manipulated the results of the race, and just took out Josefar. I get it. You're angry. Go talk about it after the race. If you want to go punch him in the face after the race, that's fine. You're going to get a fine for that. Don't manipulate the results of a race, especially the championship race in a playoff format that's already stupid anyway. I I don't see how 
you can look at that and be like, yep, that's fine, because then everybody's going to do that every playoff race from here to when they, well, never get rid of it. The thing about it is, again, I, I disagree. I don't know that he necessarily needs a suspension, but I don't think NASCAR is going to suspend him because, again, this is what they want out of this. They want these kind of fireworks in the championship race. This is what they're trying to get. Even if it's to the detriment of the viewing experience. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to suspend him. Um, I don't think they're now, going to either. But but now it seems I, like the right thing to do. Because if you let this go, people are just going to keep doing it. Right. Now, I disagree because I, like I said before, I'm not going to sit here and say that he did it intentionally. I'm not in the car. I'm not in Corey's head. I'm not going to sit here and say he did it intentionally. It might have looked that way, but I'm not going to say that he did. And until Denny Hamlin shows up my front door with the data and the download that says he didn't do it, he did it. But if he brings it to you and doesn't show it to anybody else, does it really count? Yeah, it, to me it does. Okay. We'll we'll see if we can work on getting Denny to come to your front door with the SMT I, data. <laughs> I'd like to see how that would go. That would be almost as much of a nightmare as this race. Right? To me, anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I disagree that that he should be suspended for that. Was it going on the assumption that it was intentional, which again, I'm not saying that it, that I think it was going on the assumption that it was, I don't think it was so egregious that he put others in harm's way. I don't think anybody else was involved besides him and house of Yes, they were. That was like a four or five car crash. Was it? Yeah. It was in the middle of three and four, though, and there wasn't yeah. anybody behind Hosovar. How did anybody else get involved? There's a guy on the top side of Hosovar. Oh, that's right. Taylor Gray was there. I forgot Taylor Gray was there. Okay. So, okay. Okay, so it did affect some other people. But again... If it's the last don't... lap of the race and you're going through three and four and you just hook a right and take the guy out, just the two of you, and it doesn't affect the outcome of the race, fine. Give them a points penalty, give them a monetary fine, whatever. But they crashed other cars and caused all of this other to happen because we would have just finished the damn race. Instead, we went into overtime because of that. But see, here's the thing. NASCAR has been so inconsistent with penalizing drivers for similar situations that I don't know that there's really a precedent here. Yes, they have suspended drivers for similar situations. They suspended Chase Elliott earlier this year for a similar situation. And they gave they Byron Matt a Kenseth. fine for dumping huh? Denny under caution. They did who? What? They gave Byron a fine and monetary whatever, whatever, for but dumping they didn't Denny. suspend him. No, but he didn't wreck another car while he did it. And they also did not suspend Denny Hamlin for doing something similar to Ross Chastain at Phoenix last year. Which also didn't take out half the field. 
Just this is correct. But they did suspend Matt Kenseth for the Joey Logano thing a few years back. The so only again, difference I see between tonight and the Matt Kenseth thing is Matt Kenseth was lapsed down. I think both were completely intentional. Both involved playoff drivers that needed to be successful in that race to win the championship. I don't see how it's any different other than it was very, very obvious Matt Kenseth came out with that intention. But the way I see it is Heim dropped back in that turn and then just hooked right on him. You can't tell me that he he just stopped back in that turn, though, because they were on the onboard and he was off the gas in the same area that he usually would be. And he got back on the gas in the same area that he usually would be. He there is no evidence right. No, he just drifted up the hill. That's different than hooking a right. And and. There's no evidence. If I let go of the steering wheel on the interstate, if I let go of the steering wheel on the highway and run into somebody else, they're going to punish me for that, whether it's intentional or not. You're a NASCAR truck series driver. You have to have more control over your car than that, especially if you're already pissed off at Josefar for just hitting your quarter panel, and that's why you're doing this. I would even take it a little bit further on this. Hosevar should get a monetary fine for dumping him at going into three and or one and two. In the I first disagree place. on that too. I figured I you would. I don't think Hosevar should have any penalty. I also don't think that Heim should have any penalty, especially because it's the last race of the season. What are you going to do? Suspend him for Daytona in two months? Sure. Why would you suspend him in a different season for something that he did? Why would you suspend him next season for something he did this season? That's not a fair penalty. It is to me. He crashed somebody. Well, it's a good thing I, you don't run NASCAR. For you, I guess. I this between seasons, the slate is wiped clean. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't drivers have precedent. memories longer than elephants. I don't want to set the precedent of suspending someone next season for something that they did this season whatever they did this season is this season next season is next season i'm struggling to apply your logic to a everyday life scenario why are you trying to apply it to an everyday life scenario like you because just because it you, doesn't you make sense scenario of you on the highway but that has nothing to do with them on track at phoenix I still think that the championship four drivers should have a little bit of a different racing etiquette around each other than other drivers in that race. I don't think they should. Yes, sh- but they shouldn't be taking each other out when hosts of our dumb time, which makes it even more obvious that it was intentional. I'm not saying that it wasn't intentional, but I'm also not saying that it was intentional. But even though it's clearly intentional, <laughs> you got to do something about this. Because what's to say that you can't you What's to say that you can't have like if Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill had both gotten in the championship four and Creed took out one of the other two that was in he- ahead of Hill, are you not going to penalize Creed because well, we don't know if it was intentional or not? Their teammates helping each other win. 
You could do that under your idea of not giving him a penalty. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't penalize Creed in that situation. So you're saying we can just take out the other championship four drivers to help somebody else win? You don't know the intent of that driver behind the wheel. You can sit here and say that you know exactly what he was thinking, he or she was thinking behind the wheel. But unless you're in their head and you are driving that car and you know exactly what that car was doing in the moment, you can't say with 100% certainty that it was intentional unless that driver comes out and says, yeah, I wrecked him intentionally. Like 20 minutes before this, he said that Josevar was not getting out of there that night. Did he now? He did. I must have missed this. because He I said over know. team radio, Josevar ain't making it out of here tonight. Did he? He did. I'm going to see some proof of this because I missed that. If we go back to NASCAR precedent, if a driver makes a threat against another driver over the radio and then wrecks him, suspension. Every time. Now, well, probably not every time, say, but, you know, you get the point. Here's, okay, so here's the thing. Also, Matt yeah. Kenza said that he didn't intentionally wreck Logano during the on-track interview. Said yeah, that's a different situation. Stuff. You could literally look at that one, and you, like, you could see on the onboard where he turned right into Logano. You could see the same thing with this. No, you couldn't. Yes, you can. You literally just see a truck drift up the track. He didn't yank the wheel to the right into Hosevar. There is a clear difference there. And I'm struggling to see why you don't see that. You start going straight in the middle of a turn and it's not intentional. He got tight. He had no side force anymore after Hosevar wrecked him the first time. It's a hell of a place to get tight after doing like 20 laps being just fine. He wasn't doing just fine. He was backing up. That's why he was backing up. He got he didn't go straight he in the corner course. every lap. Huh? He didn't go straight in that corner every lap. How do lap? you know? They didn't have a camera on him. Oh, Jesus Christ. Literally. No, no, no. Tell me how you can make that statement. They did not have a camera on him. How do you know he wasn't drifting up in every corner and super tight? How do you right. know that? We'll get Denny Hamlin on the case and then check back in with this. <laughs> I want a legit answer on this, though. You can't say he never did that in any corner before that because we don't know. They didn't have a camera on him. Unless you were at the track watching him, you don't know that he wasn't drifting up at every corner like that. I'm just saying, under your picture here, it's awfully convenient that he just went straight in the corner I'm with not the guy that took him out right same, next to him. I'm not saying it wasn't convenient. I already admitted that it was very convenient that it was Hosevar that he ran into. But at the same time, I'm also saying you can't say with certainty he wasn't doing that in every corner leading up to that because we couldn't see what he was doing before that in every corner. You would be a terrible person to play Clue with. Why? Oh my god. <laughs> I haven't played Clue in a long time, come to think of it. <laughs> you would be a horrible person to play Clue with based on this conversation. I'm actually very good at Clue, thank you very much. Good for you, See, I hope I you... delve in you, and think about things. I, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> are you, though? Yes. Or, or are you just throwing out things that you believe and oh, trying Jesus to call them Christ. facts? 
Matt Kenseth said he didn't wreck Joey Logano on purpose. Still got suspended. But he literally turned the wheel to the right. Like no, no, no. He went. Can, he just went straight because it's Martinsville. He just didn't turn. No, there's literally in-car footage of him. Like you can see him turning the wheel to the right. He didn't just go straight. His throttle stuck. That wouldn't affect him turning the wheel to the right. <laughs> he panicked. Okay. You gonna penalize a guy that panicked? Come on. It's not like he's a professional driver or anything. I think I think we've hit our limit on talking about the stupidity <laughs> for tonight, unless there's anything else you would like to discuss on this topic. I just can't believe I had to watch two more races at Phoenix this weekend. I just hope that the next two races are not the shows that this was. Although, Martinsville last week would indicate that Xfinity just might be. My expectations... Well, okay, I was going to say my expectations are low, but now that you mentioned Martinsville, my expectations are high for Xfinity to beat last week. I don't know. I'm almost expecting worse than last week. That's what I'm saying. I, like expect it to be worse oh i see what you're saying i thought you you were saying you expected it to be better because it couldn't get worse oh no it definitely can get worse truck series proved that yeah right thank god and, we have and, the truck and series in the midst of that. all this we haven't even talked about the fact that christian eck has won this race can you imagine if he'd made the championship for i'm like, genuinely talk angry about a deserving champion i'm genuinely angry they didn't make the championship for i know same I don't know what truck season points look like, but if that would have given Eckes to win, I'm going to throw a fit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what full season points would have looked like for them, but I feel like I'm Heim curious. would have wanted on that because Heim had the I'm most curious. consistent season out of anybody. So I, I feel like Heim would have won it on full season points. I don't think you're going to find full season points anywhere yet, given that the race just ended two hours ago. Not even. Yeah. Oh, if, wait, hang on. Well, Racing Reference has non-playoff points already. Oh, cool. Heim would have won by 137 over Infinger. Over Infinger? Okay. Uh, Hos Hosevar would have been third, minus 141. Ekis would have been fourth, minus 142. Hmm. And Ben Rhodes would have been fifth. Our champion, ladies and gentlemen, would have been fifth. And on that terrible disappointment, I think that's where we'll end for tonight. Thank you for joining us tonight for this emergency podcast episode. Um, not sure if we're going to have an actual normal episode in the middle of this week, but keep an eye out for that. And hell, if Xfinity is stupid enough tomorrow night, we may have another emergency episode tomorrow. So keep your eyes and your ears out for that. And have a good weekend. Enjoy the remaining uh, championship races from Phoenix this weekend as much as you can. Enjoy F1 from Brazil if that's your cup of tea as well. And we'll see you when we see you. Uh, I'm Garth. That's Tyler. This is the Rookie Stripes Podcast on Racing News Now. <laughs>